Welcome to the Female CEO Show. I'm your host, Courtney Quinn. I'm a corporate dropout turned serial entrepreneur with a passion for helping female business owners step into your power and reach your full potential in business and in life. I'm on a mission to empower more women to become their own boss while teaching them how to do it in a healthy, scalable way that supports your dream life so that you're running a business and not owning a business that runs you. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or you're still toying with the idea of diving into your own business, you're in the right place if you're looking for tools to support you as you are navigating the world of entrepreneurship as a woman, because I'm going to get real with you on how to do so. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Female CEO Show podcast. Today, we are joined by Emily Hardy. Emily is a motherhood support coach and instructional designer, as well as the host of the Worthy Mother podcast. She has two businesses and two little kids, so she is well-versed in the realities of being a multi-passionate entrepreneur and mother all at once. Emily is passionate about helping moms free themselves from the societal pressures of motherhood with confidence and self-compassion. And Emily is also offering three of you the chance to win a free coaching session with her. So stick around to find out the details on how you can enter that. Super exciting. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. Thank you so much, Courtney, for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. I love just talking about motherhood and entrepreneurship and all the things. So I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I am so excited about this. I feel like when we connected, I was like, I need to have this conversation with you (laughs) on the show because I feel like it's so, so important. Um, And we were talking off air just a second ago that I am not yet a mother, um, but that is something that's very much on my radar within the next like five or so years. And I'm really trying to intentionally build my business now to be able to support that, to like be the mother that I want to be while still being the entrepreneur that I want to be. So I knew this was a conversation that we needed to bring on the pod because I know this is like, I just can't imagine like being an entrepreneur alone is tough enough and being a mother alone seems just so incredibly difficult. So then you put them together and that feels so daunting, but also like really exciting for me. So I'm just so excited to talk with you uh, about the insight that you have and that you might be able to share with the women who are mothers or soon to be mothers who are listening Um, just kind of help them, you know, like feel okay about it all and kind of navigate it. So let's kind of start off by having you tell us a little bit about your story um, and how you kind of got to this point where you are now a motherhood support coach. Tell us everything. Wow. So I could go back far. I became a mom when I was 23. It was unexpected. I was getting my teaching credential and I, you know, I had been kind of living this life of doing the things that I thought I should do. I never really dreamed super big as a kid. I didn't really know that there were more options, even though, you know, I was always told you could do whatever you want. And I did really well in school. So really there were like, there were so many options, you know, in front of me, but I never really knew how to like actually take that and dream bigger. So I went through college at the end of college. I was like, what do I want to do? Went and got my teaching credential 
had my son um, while I was getting my teaching credential, which was a whirlwind experience. Um, And then, you know, continued on that path of getting my first teaching job, doing all the things. And while I loved it, it just also I was feeling like this is there's something missing here in my life. There's something not quite right. I'm not feeling like I am excited about the things that I'm doing. And so over the next couple of years and having my second son, I really was on a journey to kind of figure out what I wanted for me and learning how to dream because I had these two kids and I wanted them to be able to grow up and have dreams and to be able to do the things they want to do, whether that's go to college and get a career that way or any other thing out there. I wanted them to be able to see that we don't have to limit ourselves to those kind of quote shoulds. And Mm. so in that process, um, I was dealing with some mental health things after having my second son and really set me off on this like self-discovery journey. And I came to a point where I was dreaming bigger than I ever had before. And it became my mission to help other moms do that as well. And so that is really where my story to becoming a motherhood support coach starts. I am really interested in understanding the sociological factors for why the experiences of women and mothers are the way that they are. Some of those kind of universal experiences that so many moms go through and the struggles that so many moms face with their identity, um, just a lot of that kind of thing. I like educating others on that and helping them see that we are all going through things together and that there are ways to use our mindset to overcome some of those challenges, but also giving ourselves the self-compassion to know that sometimes it's not about overcoming as much as it is accepting in the moment. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So tell us a little bit what your kind of like the jump from like being a teacher to becoming that motherhood support coach really looked like. Yes. Well, I, so I, while I was on maternity leave and then my maternity leave kind of went into summer break and Mm. I was feeling like, okay, I'm home with these kids. They're constantly on me. I'm, there's so much stimulation around me all the time. And yet I'm feeling really understimulated in terms of like my mental, you know, capacity. And so I was trying to figure out any way I could to be using my brain in the way that I wanted to be using my brain. Um, I'm someone who is always like seeking out learning. I went and got my master's degree while I was pregnant with my second son um, in curriculum and instruction. And I just, I feel like I'm always, I do best when I'm learning. And so I was really trying to figure out how to incorporate that in my life. And I decided to start a blog. And so it was starting the blog that really brought me into the online space and seeing that there is so much opportunity and so much, there's so much more out there than I, I thought there was. Um, I think back to, you know, I graduated high school about 10 years ago. And I think back to graduating high school, that time in senior year where people tell you the jobs that you could have in 10 years don't exist yet with the way technology is developing, I just, that stuck with me. Cause I'm like, well, how, then how do you decide what you want to be when you grow up? Like 
if, if you don't know the jobs exist. And I think starting that blog and starting that blog for helping mothers really opened my eyes to the possibility of, oh my goodness, there's this whole world that exists out there that I had no idea existed. So that really is how I got into the online space. I joined a business program and really learned about how to build a business. And it set me off on this, this foot of like creating, I now have two businesses and I'm really excited about what I'm doing. Wow. That's incredible. I love how you said like you were, you felt like really overstimulated, but like not in the way that you wanted to be like your brain Mm -hmm. just wasn't. And I, I understand that. Um, just like constantly searching for that new thing, um, that's going to challenge you. I feel like that's very universal for entrepreneurs. So I know something that is really important for you and like what you talk about a lot is how it is important for moms to continue to follow their passions outside of their role as being a mother. And, you know, you obviously did that by launching your blog. What advice would you give to a mother who might kind of be in that similar situation? Like she's just a 24 seven mom, but wants needs that extra stimulation, wants something more. I think first and foremost, I would say to really consider why you are limiting yourself. And limiting yourself may not be the right word because it's oftentimes not like a choice. It's not like, oh, I'm not going to go out and do other things. It's kind of the situation. But a lot of times moms don't necessarily seek the the way out of that system because of feeling guilty. It it sometimes feels like, oh, I should be happy with this. I should be completely fulfilled by this. You know, I mean, when you have a kid, it's you're so in love and it's all these emotions and you know that like this is this is such a huge part of my life now. Mm-hmm. Where it can get kind of confusing is, okay, this is such a huge part of my life now, but that doesn't mean it's going to take the place of everything that I was before I became a mom, right? That's just not how it works. And so really getting to the understanding that if it's kind of a feeling of guilt holding you back from dreaming bigger or trying new things or exploring what you want out of life that is different than what you have right now, that is something that needs to be addressed, really understanding where that guilt's coming from, why it's happening. And so that is really a good starting place for moms um, to really understand what their mindset is around motherhood and how comfortable they are actually trying something new. Yeah. So you said you talked about mom guilt a lot mm-hmm. right there, which makes so much sense. Like, you know, who am I to start something new or to do this when like I should be so happy and content with with my babies? And I hear about this so much from especially like working moms, just the mom guilt of working and wanting to advance their career or their business, but like having their kid be like, mom, don't, I want you to stay home today. Like, don't go. And just like dealing with that. I can't imagine. I feel bad enough just leaving my dogs when I need to go run an errand. Like, I can't imagine when it's a, like you, it's a little, maybe you. Um, so how (laughs) do moms start to kind of tackle that mom guilt in a way, or like kind of come to terms with it and start accepting it? Like you mentioned. Yeah, so I think really understanding what mom guilt is um, 
is important. So when we talk about mom guilt, guilt is the feeling of like, oh, I've done something wrong, right? That's something we know that term, that word guilt. And then there's shame, which is when we internalize something that we've done that we feel is wrong or not the right way to do it. And it means something about us. And that feels shameful. And when we talk about mom guilt, oftentimes it's that combination of guilt and shame is what we're talking about. And so really understanding why we feel guilt about things, it's because we feel like it's wrong to some standard, right? I'm wanting to go back to work. I'm wanting to start my own business. I'm wanting to do something outside of the home. And I'm not giving my child 100% of my attention. That feels wrong. Mm. And therefore, I'm a bad mother. There's that shame piece, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding what the expectation is and where it comes from can be huge in that. So understanding, okay, do I actually think it's wrong if I'm not in mom mode 100% of the time? Is that my expectation or is that society's expectation? And not even like the individuals in society, but just the messages that we get. We're taking them in all the time about Mm -hmm. how we should be as a mom, how we should be as a woman, what we should be dedicated to. And a lot of times those messages are not based in reality at all. I mean, if we really logically think about what we need to be as people, (laughs) it's not like you have a kid, now you're a mom. Like everything from before goes away. That's logically, we can understand that that's not how it happens, right? Like it's, we don't want our kids to just grow up and have kids and then their lives that we've nurtured and all of that just stops because they're now a parent. That's just not how it is. And I don't think that's the expectation for men. Um, But for women, a lot of times, that's what we perceive it as. And so we know that that won't work for us. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, we all have different capacities for capacities and desires to be in that mom role all of the time. But understanding that, like, just because that's perceived as the expectation doesn't mean that it necessarily is. So that is really important there. Um, Another thing is starting to talk about it. So that's why coaching can be so valuable Um, When we don't talk about the things that we're struggling with, it can feel shameful, right? I mean, that's that shame spiral is real (laughs) for anything. And so that's a huge reason I have my podcast. I'm really into having the conversations about these expectations and kind of breaking that down. It's really important. Oh, wow. That is just the pressure. I feel like that is on moms is absolutely insane. And you're so right that like, oftentimes it isn't even pressure that you're putting on yourself. I mean, some of it definitely is, but that societal pressure to feel like you need to show up in that Mm -hmm. way or, oh my goodness. So, you know, now like you have a better understanding of like what mom guilt is, why we feel it. Like, how do we kind of ask for that help? Or like, how do we kind of come out, like lift ourselves up Mm -hmm. out of that spiral to then be able to be like, okay, no, like this is okay for me to want to do this and kind of like taking those steps. What does that look like? So for kind of actually changing the thoughts that we're having, that's something I work with clients a lot on is actually changing 
the thoughts we have about those situations. And a lot of times that's on the very individual level of like what the actual situation is, but that can be really powerful. So actually um, looking at what thoughts are causing the feelings of guilt, like what the specific thought is, if, you know, you had to, you know, set a boundary with your kid, they're trying to get you to do something while you are doing the dishes or while you're um, focused on work, whatever it is. And knowing that it's okay to set that boundary What's the thought that's causing the guilt around that boundary, though? And then understanding that we can change that thought. So if the thought is, I'm a really terrible mom for not giving my child the attention, working through that and understanding, okay, that thought is what is causing the feelings of guilt, which are causing me to then do whatever the result is that is not desired. If we can change that thought of, no, I am a human being, (laughs) who needs time for myself or for the other chores I have to do or for my business, whatever it is, right? Actually changing that thought and understanding that working through that is really powerful to then change the feeling. We can kind of attack it more logically. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think just another piece of it is knowing, and I'm huge on this, especially for moms who are, you know, have businesses and, are doing things that are maybe not quite so um, typical. You know, they're pushing the boundaries, knowing that we can't do it all. (laughs) Like we really can't do it all. Nobody can do it all. (laughs) So knowing that, knowing that is so key. Like it's not about doing it all. That is a game changer when you can really, really internalize that. It's, it's powerful. Hmm. I think that is just so, so important for entrepreneurs just in general. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I feel like I've had to overcome. And I cannot imagine, you know, like furthering that even more as a mom. So maybe for you, like some specific examples of like, what has that like asking for help looked like or like not being able to do it all? How do you kind of come to terms with that and manage it? Yeah. So, well, when I left my teaching job, I, we had one of my sons in daycare and my other one would um, be with dad sometimes and, you know, with grandparents. And when I left my teaching job, it was in June, end of the school year. And for a lot of, you know, for it it could have seemed like, okay, I can be home with my kids now, right? Like I'm home. I'm working from home now completely. And sometimes that's like, okay, we don't need the childcare anymore. Mm. We actually ended up putting my youngest son into the preschool daycare, um, making it work with our budget and things like that. And I know that's not always an option. Mm-hmm. And it was something we really did consider quite heavily. Um, but, you know, making those decisions – for the way that it's best for you and not for other people. Not like, what is someone going to think because I'm sending my kids to daycare preschool two days a week? Yeah. It's not about what other people think. It's about, no, this is what works for us. And I love the benefits they get from it. And like on so many different levels, this is a good thing. Um, So that has been really important. Finding your people that can help. Um, I have family nearby who are so supportive with our kids and, I'm so privileged and so fortunate to have that. 
that's not the case for everybody. But knowing that if you don't have that support and if you don't have the help, if you don't have a community that you've built of people who can help you, if you don't have a partner who can help you, if you don't have, um, you know, the means to pay for childcare, knowing that you can't expect yourself to be able to do everything that somebody that has those things does. Like, it's just not how it works. So there, it's kind of the two pieces to that. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I think that brings up something so important, especially when it comes to social media. And then even more so like doubling down with like celebrities is like mm-hmm. this, you know, super famous actress or something has like five kids and she's making millions of dollars and she's fit as fuck and like is so healthy. And like, yeah, I feel like that causes so much shame and guilt, but it's like, in reality, you know, like how many nannies does she have? Like she has a personal trainer. She has a nutritionist and a chef, like doing all of these things for her that sets up these incredibly unrealistic expectations for ourselves that we then hold ourselves Mm -hmm. to. And I feel like there's starting to be a little bit more of a turn of people being a bit more transparent about like my postpartum body and like the help that I do have. But I think that's so important. And like you said too, to just like not be worried about what other people like kind of Mm -hmm. like putting your like motherhood blinders on and like not worrying about how other mothers are doing their own thing and like, you know, kind of gauging yourself against that. Um, Oh, but wow. How, so is that something that like comes up with your clients is just like, well, you know, Sally down the street is, you know, freaking killing it. Or like all these influencers that I follow just make motherhood look like a dream. And then I became a mom and it's not what I was expecting. Do you have those conversations? All the time. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of times we can logically say, well, I'm not them. Or like, Mm -hmm. well, they also don't have, like, some people, some moms are just so, like, fulfilled by doing activities with their kids. And, like, they're just, we all have different things that we love to do. And so it's, it can be really easy to compare. And, you know, when we are logically thinking about it, it's like, yeah, they also have a partner who works part-time or they also like are able to send their kids to grandma and grandpa's four days a week, right? Like it's, there's so many factors, but it can be really challenging when we're seeing only one part of the story. And I always Mm -hmm. say like social media, I think there's so much positive to what it's done for allowing us to have conversations and to see things that we wouldn't necessarily see otherwise. I know for me, when I was dealing with postpartum anxiety, it wasn't coming up in the same way that like when you Google postpartum anxiety, it comes up. But I, I remember listening to an influencer talk about her experience with postpartum anxiety and be like, oh my God, that is exactly what I'm feeling right now. And I was able to like address that and take the steps I needed to get support and help in that and overcome, you know, or work work through. I mean, I still deal with anxiety, but, you know, work through it and 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 deal with the the mental health through that knowledge. But social media also is a highlight reel, no matter how honest someone is showing up. I always say nobody is videoing themselves putting their toddler into the car seat while they're kicking and screaming. One, because they don't want to show that to anyone. And two, yeah. because you need two hands to do it. You're, you can't physically 
show people those moments. So we have to know that like, even when we are seeing kind of the behind the scenes or the honest conversations, we're not really seeing it all. And it's really important to keep in mind. And it's really hard to fully grasp that. And I think we're all always going to be a work in progress with that. We're not, this isn't something that generations before before us have had to deal with. And so just being aware, having the conversations and constantly reflecting on what you're taking in and how Mm -hmm. it's serving you is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like authenticity and that like really openness kind of like rawness is really what's coming in Mm -hmm. uh, in social media in these upcoming years because people are so fatigued from that highlight reel. But I do, I love what you said that even if you are like the most real, raw, authentic person on social media, like you're still probably not going to be seeing the thick of it. Um, mm-hmm. like you, no one wants to really see like a video of your like toddler throwing a tantrum on your stories. Yeah. Like you're probably not going to be throwing <laughs> that up there. <laughs> uh, so you feel like everyone has these like perfect angel babies. And, you know, we obviously know that is not the case. <laughs> that is, so wild and how you said like generations before us have not had to deal with that this is like a whole new frontier in motherhood of having to not only deal with like everything going inside of you personally but like everything else that you're consuming on mm-hmm. the outside Ooh, that's a little heavy <laughs> it is it's it's a lot when you really think about what that means and just how much the world has changed. And again, it's not just, it's not all for the bad, right? There's so many good things that come from those open conversations, but it's, it's so important to really think critically about it. I love that. I love how you said too, that like you felt validated with your postpartum anxiety by what someone else had opened up about. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think that is so special. I feel like I've had instances like that where it's like, yeah, you're Googling things and it's not working, but then you hear someone else's like another human being story of what they're going through. And you're like, okay, like I am, I'm not alone. There might not be an article on this on like WebMD, but like, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. So So you have kind of throughout this episode, you've kind of talked about like the thoughts of others or you know, how we're kind of imposing the thoughts of others on ourselves or, you know, societal expectations. How do you deal with that? And like advice that you have for that, what's coming to my mind is really like a mother-in-law or like your mother being like, oh, well, this is what I did, or this is what you should be doing. Or, and you're just like, no, that doesn't work for me. Like, how, how do you deal with that? How do you tell your clients to deal with that? Those, like the opinions and thoughts of others, especially those that are close to you? Well, I will say, first of all, it's hard, right? We, when we have people in our spaces, especially like they're people that we are close to and we do value their opinions. Mm -hmm. Like there's weight in that, right? Like there's, that's just how it works. (laughs) And so one, getting very clear on what you actually want, what you actually expect of yourself and what your values are for that situation is so important so that you can differentiate between what's theirs and what's yours. That is so important. And 
that can look like a lot of different things. I really love journaling. I really love kind of processing things either out loud or in writing, because if it's just in our brain, it's kind of a jumbled mess. And so we can take on other people's stuff without really picking it apart. Um, Mm. But if you have that foundation of understanding yourself, that self-awareness of like, what is my stance here? What do I feel about this situation? Then you can actually separate someone else's expectations from you. You can't separate it if you don't know what your expectations are. If you're like, oh, they say I shouldn't be taking the weekend to go do this and leaving the kids with my partner because they didn't do that. And you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. I feel horrible about this. It's like, well, actually, if you consider, like, I have different values than this person. Yeah. Yes, I'm still taking their opinion, and it's not just going to bounce off me because that's not how it works, but I can understand that's not my belief. That's not what I take. Um, And then the second part is talking with someone. So again, working with a coach is great. If you have, um, if you see a therapist, if you have friends that you trust to kind of share your, like what's going on, just talking about it again, that processing of talking through something rather than just letting it kind of be in your brain is really helpful. Um, seeing someone else's perspective to help you separate that out because that can be really challenging when we're asking ourselves questions, sometimes it's not as impactful as when someone else is helping us answer the question the way that it, you know, it was actually asked. So that is really important and it keeps us from that shame spiral again too. So. Ooh, that was awesome advice. So true. I love that. Just separating out what your expectations are and understanding what the expectations of others might be and that like you don't, it doesn't have to be your expectation as Mm -hmm. well. And I love what you said about just getting it out um, cause I feel like I suffer from that too, just like in life and in business. Like I, my thoughts, it feels like a tornado in my brain. Mm-hmm. But then if I do, like, if I sit down and journal and like literally pull the thoughts out of my head or I talk with a friend, it's like, and the storm calms. So I think that's, I think that's so important. So for a mom who's listening and she's like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I don't have quiet I don't have time to do this. Maybe what's some advice that you give your clients or that you've used personally to like carve out that time for yourself and make sure that you are putting yourself and your mental health and all of that in the forefront as well. My answer here is one that is hard for a lot of people because when we have, especially when we have kids, but when we have other things going on, jobs, businesses we're running, all those kinds of things. My answer is we have to put ourselves as the priority. Yeah. We have to. It's not really an option. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when kids are involved, it's like, well, there's, I have my kids. Obviously, like, I would do anything for them. I would give my life for them. Like, they're everything to me. But it's like, yes, I still have to put myself first. Mm-hmm. And, when we come from a place of doing that and, you know, I'm, I'm far from perfect when it comes to making sure I always have the time for myself. We, you know, it's, it's, things are constantly changing, but I know that I need time for myself. And for me, that's something I really do need like time to decompress on my own pretty much daily. Like I get very overwhelmed by my children when I don't have that time daily. Um, some, people that's not, you know, we, again, we all have different capacities. We all have different needs. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but understanding what your individual needs are and making that a priority. And if that means scheduling it, if that means asking for help, if that means when the kids go to bed, you have some routine where like three days a week, you don't do anything else after they go to bed. You sit and chill. Um, Maybe if like what you need is like mind numbing Netflix, cool. If what you need is time to like sit and stretch and really kind of like meditate on things, cool. If you need time to journal, read a book, whatever it is, understanding what your needs are, understanding how you can get those needs met, and then making it a priority is so key. And when you make yourself a priority in that way, you show up better for everyone else too. Oh, that is so powerful. I love that. And I love that approach because I'm kind of over personally, just these like prescriptive recommendations from people like Mm -hmm. you need to do this. And I, it always feels like putting a square peg in a round hole for me. And I love how you're just like, figure out what your needs are and how they can be met, Mm -hmm. but just being very aware of that and like giving yourself the permission that it's okay to put yourself first and that not even like that it's just okay, like you need to, and that that Mm -hmm. should also be one of your priorities as a mother is making sure that everything is all good. Um, Cause I am like, I'm a big believer that you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup really. And as a mother, I feel like you, you're just constantly pouring. So you have to find out those ways to fill yourself back up. I love that you shared that. So a question on my mind, as like, I'm just so curious about how you run your business with your two children and what that kind of looks like. So I'm sure there's no like perfect or similar day, I'm sure, but maybe Mm -hmm. like what does an ideal week, work week look like for you? Or maybe just like, what are your non-negotiables when it comes to like balancing business and motherhood? How do you make it all happen? Well, I will say that right now my kids are back at they're back at preschool daycare right now actually as we speak and they had been out for weeks because of the holidays and then there was a big storm that came through and it was canceled for a couple days because of, like massive flooding and prior to their break they were on um or they had been sick. They had been pretty sick and weren't going. So it's been like over a month since they've been there. And so I am in a spot right now where I am really trying to get back into the groove of having time where they're both gone. Um, Mm -hmm. And my, my older son goes four days a week in the mornings. And so I have to say right now, the biggest thing that has been coming up for me is that I have to constantly be checking in with myself of what's working and what's not. Um, I tend to do a lot of work in the evenings for me, keeping kind of the easy work that I have to do kind of that busy work for the yeah. evenings is, and I, busy work's probably not the right word, but the work that like has to get done, but it's not very intensive for my mind. Saving that for the evenings is a good, that's a good idea for me. That's something that really works for me a lot of the time. For some people that might be something they're like, I don't want to take my work past a certain time. That boundary might be different for me. It works. And it's something that I enjoy doing in the evenings, kind of decompress from the day. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's time to myself. I also just really prioritize with the time that I do have with the kids out of the house. I prioritize things like calls where I need it to be quiet and things like that. So Mm -hmm. just looking ahead 
making sure that time is blocked for the things that I need that time for. And then I ask for help when I have some things going on where I, you know, I need to get some work done and it's going to be really mentally like challenging. I'm going to really have to focus in. I might see if my mom can help with the kids after preschool one day or, um, you know, if my husband is home from work, he is often off on Mondays and Tuesdays. I will take a couple hours to go work uninterrupted and allow, like have him with the kids. And, you know, we're working right now on boundaries because when I'm working at home and that's something I think probably a lot of moms who work at home and their kids are there deal with is setting those boundaries and knowing that your kids are always changing and what they expect from you is always changing. So knowing like that grace there, right. And like knowing that it's going to be changing and that you have to be constantly figuring out how to set the boundaries. And that can be a lot that can be exhausting, but it also is something that we all can do as long as we're checking in with ourselves about what we do need, what time and space we do need for our businesses. I love that. I love how you, you really have like set up a business that is flexible a little Mm -hmm. bit, like with your, like with motherhood. Um, And I love how your, your motherhood is kind of flexible too. And like one Mm -hmm. day you might be able to pick the kids up and you can spend the afternoon with them. Or like the other days it's like, Hey mom, can you help out? Hey hubby, can you help out? Um, And just giving yourself that permission to ask for help and to be flexible um, and to just kind of let it be ever evolving. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important because as you mentioned, the kids are constantly changing um, as they're growing and developing. So I love that. And just the grace, like, you know what you it's need to one. do. <laughs> you have your business non-negotiables and like you can block that time out. Um, I love what you said about keeping the ad, like the admin work, the easy work until later. So like it's work that can kind of be balanced um, Mm -hmm. while maybe not having 100% of your mind on it um, and save that really, that like brain turning work for your quiet time or like when your brain is most optimal earlier in the day. Oh, wow. You are giving so many just like tactical tips. I feel like that moms can take advantage of but you are just like, you're living proof of your work. You know, you are living your message and really embodying that, which I respect so incredibly much. I feel like, thank you. (laughs) I feel like moms have so much to learn from you and just like, man, I just feel like it really is about just giving yourself that permission for whatever it is, but like, it's okay. And giving yourself that Mm -hmm. grace, I feel like is the biggest lesson that I'm kind of going to take away from this um, and that your motherhood journey doesn't have to look like everyone else's. I think you're so right there that like you will figure out how it works and that might be (laughs) overwhelming at first, but it's, you know, it's kind of just like being an entrepreneur, just testing things out, seeing what works. Okay. This was an epic fail. We were not, we will not do this again. (laughs) We'll try something new until you kind of figure out, figure out what works for you. I, I really love and respect your approach. I feel like it's kind of, it's like brought my shoulders down a little bit. Like, okay, like it's all going to be okay. It's all going to work out. We'll figure it out. I love hearing that. I think that that is exactly what I'm out here trying to do is just let you, let everyone know that like, we're going to fail. We don't even, sometimes it's not even like big failures. It's just like, we try things and they don't work. And we know that, Mm 
But accepting that and accepting that like that's going to happen in your business. It's also going to happen in your motherhood, in your relationships and all the things like we're, we're humans. Yeah. So important. And I think a huge thing that you said that really resonated with me was really like, we're the first generation of mothers to have to deal with motherhood and social media Mm -hmm. and just like how different motherhood is for us today than it was even for our moms. And that the advice that maybe you are getting from your grandma, from your mom, from your mother-in-law, like it just doesn't even like it flat out won't work anymore. Um, And just understanding that, that like we're kind of the pioneers now on figuring Mm -hmm. out how to navigate this world as mothers now. And, you know, maybe we'll have some good advice for our kids to share in the future. And, you know, maybe, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) They might be like, Oh yes. Yes. Mom. (laughs) (laughs) At least like, we'll, we'll figure it all out. I love that. So Emily, tell me what is, I I feel like you've, you've kind of touched on this a lot, but I ask everyone this question. So I'm asking it. How do you balance it all? You know, how do you balance being a successful entrepreneur and really just like living the life that you want to live, you know, kind of living out your dream life that you kind of might've gotten into entrepreneurship in the first place. How do you personally balance that? What does that look like for you? So I kind of referred to this earlier, but a big piece of it is really constantly checking in with myself, just really reevaluating what I'm doing uh, because it really is always changing, you know, what's going on in life, the different situations with kids, they're always changing. So that is huge. Um, And then knowing again that I can't do it all, like that's just not the reality. No one can do everything. I mean, if we could do everything we wouldn't be having conversations like this, right? Um, sure. So it's it's really prioritizing the different things that I need to do versus the things that I, and sometimes the things that I need to do, it's like, no, I really want to do that. So I need to do it, right? Mm. Um, and then sometimes it's deciding like where my time is best spent. Um, and then boundaries is a big one too. And I'm that's something right now I'm really, evaluating what boundaries I want to have for my Mm -hmm. time and my space. Um, I'm in a really big reevaluation stage right now and kind of shifting around how my work day and my work week looks. Mm -hmm. Um, But knowing that like I have, like it is in my control, right? There's pieces of it that aren't in my control. There's pieces of it that I have to deal with, but that I get to choose what that looks like. And again, some people like cutting their work day off at five o'clock. For me, sometimes building in that time after the kids go to bed to get some work done, that Mm -hmm. is actually a boundary for me that that's secured time for that. And so it just, it's really unique to me. And I'm constantly trying to think about what works best for me. I love that. I love how it seems like you're kind of just constantly having strategy sessions with yourself, (laughs) trying trying to improve, um, trying to optimize and make things just flow better and just constantly learning. I love that. Um, that like, it's okay to fail, um, or to mess up, make mistakes. And then just like, you know, hit the drawing board again and you'll figure it out. And then I feel like once a few of those puzzle pieces start to kind of come together, then it's easier for more puzzle pieces to follow. I love that. So last question for you, what is one piece of advice that you have learned in your entrepreneurial career as a mother, not as a mother, 
that you want to share? Like one piece of advice that you feel like could really impact someone. Well, with like kind of learning how to dream as such a big, you know, anchor in my story and my journey, I would say that something that I have really learned being an entrepreneur is that there's really no limit to what is possible, what's out there for us. Um, And that fear is always going to be there. That's human nature. That's something that like, it's a good thing that we have fear. It's, it protects us, but that we can choose to not make decisions with fear at the forefront of those decisions. And so obviously that's going to look like a lot of different things and a lot of different situations, but knowing that we have the capacity to make decisions that sometimes don't feel like decisions, but it's like, nope, that is a choice. That is one of the choices we have. And it might seem scary, but we can make that decision still. Ooh, that was awesome. (laughs) What an awesome, like, just really powerful way to close out the episode. Wow. Oh my gosh. You're so (laughs) insightful. Um, Wow. That's incredible. So um, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Emily is offering a chance for three of you to win a 75 minute coaching session. Um, They are her mama mindset coaching intensives. So pretty much anything we kind of talked about today, if you want to dive further into that with Emily on, you know, reframing your mindset around mom guilt, or maybe just like lacking clarity on what you want or how to get that extra stimulation in your life. Um, The sessions are personalized to whatever you want to dive into, but 75 minutes of one-on-one time with Emily diving into all of that. Um, So the first three listeners who DM Emily at honestly, Emily Rose, we'll have it linked in the show notes for you. um, will win a free 75 minute coaching session. Like how awesome, how generous <laughs> is that? Um, so you guys can check that out. Be sure to follow Emily as well. Um, and you know, get to it, hop to it. Don't wait around. <laughs> um, be one of those first three listeners to get that free session. That is so awesome. So Emily, um, go ahead, like let people know where they can find you, how they can connect with you. If they want to kind of dive in to, coaching with you or start having these conversations with you, where can they find you? So I am on Instagram at honestly, Emily Rose. Um, I'm really active on there. You can come connect with me and see some of the other things I'm doing. Um, I also have a podcast called the worthy mother podcast. You can find us, you can find the podcast on Instagram at worthy mother podcast, but you can also search it up wherever you listen. Um, And if you just want to like, take in more of these conversations about giving ourselves grace, kind of learning to accept who we are, find our identity, all kinds of things like that. You might enjoy listening to it. So yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. (laughs) Amazing, Emily. Oh, wow. This was such a powerful conversation today. Like, thank you for, for coming and sharing this time with us and just being so open. Uh, I feel like there was so much like, tactical information that can be taken away and applied. Um, 
thank you so much for this. So thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Female CEO Show, everybody. Um, if you want some free merch and happy mail from the Female CEO Show, please rate and review the show, screenshot your review, and email it to hello at femaleceo.show along with your mailing address, and I'll send you a little something as a token of my appreciation for your support. And we will catch you on the next episode.
for Instagram with excerpts of the book then. And then do you know yet? Like, do we have an estimated release date for the mm-hmm. book? No. And that's part of the magic, Courtney, Not yet. especially this first draft. I need no timeline yeah. on it because I feel like if I put deadlines I on anything, um, so I'm kind of like in limbo. I don't, I don't want any deadlines yet. I need to finish the first draft and then, then there'll be a timeline. I mean, slightly, I hope by the end of the year, early next year, but we'll just, we'll see mm-hmm. how it goes. Right. I'm just like, just starting to talk to publishers and putting those timelines together. But up until this point, I really haven't wanted That's any exciting. kind of pressure to deliver something Absolutely. by a certain date so that I could get the best quality um, book written. Oh, that's so exciting. You really do like embody your work, um, which I so appreciate. I feel like we see so many people out there preaching things and then it's not actually like how they are living their life or what they are doing. Um, so I really appreciate that. Such a breath of fresh air. Emily, thank you so, so much for joining us on today's episode of the Female CEO Show. You can find Emily on Instagram and all of the links to everything in the show notes. Thank you, friends, for joining us today. And we will catch you on the next episode.